Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. And today, we're going to be talking, going into the Old Testament, um, going back to the Old Testament as we end our series. We're going to talk about a familiar verse, of a familiar character in the Bible. If you've been in church for more than 3.5 seconds, you heard about this person, okay? If you haven't, you're going to know about it today. And today, we're going to be talking about Jonah. Jonah, Jonah. The story of Jonah is a very unfortunate story due to a decision that Jonah made. Let me give you some context. Jonah was called by God, and then while he was called by God to go to Nineveh, he made a decision to do something else. Let's go to Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, as we break this down, um, go into context, and then we're going to see what Jonah had to learn and how we can learn in our life too. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 says, And the word of the Lord came to Jonah, He said, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because it is wicked and has come before me. We're going to be reading just a little bit more, but let's stop right there. See, Jonah took matters into his own hands. Didn't everybody take matters into their own hands before? Where where you felt like God gave, uh, told you something or gave you something, but you just screwed it up. Everybody been like screwed it up before? Like you look back and you're like, dang, I messed this all up. You know, I messed this all up. This is where Jonah is. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, but then he turns around and takes matters into his own hands and heads to on a boat to Tarshish. See, two different boats, one to Nineveh, one to Tarshish, and then two different boats, two different locations, One was going after God's plan. One was going after Jonah's choice. One going after God's plan for Jonah's life. One going after Jonah's choice. Here's the question I have for you today. What boat is leading you to the destination and are you picking the right boat? Because it really determines where we're headed in our life. Have you ever heard the, the, the saying before, whatever floats your boat? Whatever floats your boat, you know, that that really means that it it means whatever interests you, whatever suits you, whatever it, it gives you a preference in. See, in life, we're all floating on something. We're all floating in life with we're always on a destination to find either purpose, to find something in our life. And God puts us in these situations. God puts us, gives us these these promises and gives us these directions for us to lead us into a way closer to the promise he has for us. But do you understand that we can be floating in life, but we don't trust the sails leading us to the destination because sometimes the destination is hard. Sometimes we don't like the destination. See, if if God says, hey, I need you to be a missionary, but deep down inside, I don't like traveling. (laughs) It's going to be hard for me. You know, somebody said, you know, and, you know, we're looking for children's workers. Right. And God says, hey, I want you to serve in the kids ministry. But you say, I don't like kids. It's going to be hard. Right. It's going to be hard to say yes 
to the calling. In life, we feel like we're floating in life, and the direction is determined by the water underneath and the wall and the wind pushing us in the direction of our sails. I remember this. I'm going to get into this boat, and I, hopefully I don't fall, okay? So anybody watched? This is very comfortable. <laughs> Pocahontas. Anybody ever watch Pocahontas? You know, it reminds me of this in Pocahontas. You know when Pocahontas had to choose between John Smith and Cocoam? You know that guy? You know, um, so, so Pocahontas is going on a boat, right? And she's, she's singing, uh, what's the song? The, the wind song. The, um, uh, have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue? That one, all right? And, um, and then she's like, she's singing her heart out because she has to make this decision. You know, is it, should I go to John Smith, which my, my heart is tugging me there, but I know I shouldn't. And then there's Cocoam, where I should go because that's where my dad wants me to go. I'm trying to get you into the deep revelation of Jesus' word, all right? So Pocahontas is going, and she's singing, and she's singing, just around the river bend, and she's going all around, and then she finds herself in a crossroads. She finds herself where the river can go one way, and it can go the other way, and it, and it really, uh, you know, shows, you know, John Smith and whatever, right? But have you been there before? Where, where you're going in life, and you feel like you're floating, you're heading into a destination, but there's two decisions I have to make. I either follow God's plan or follow my will. And the reality is, is most of the time we go our will because it's either convenient or either it's comfortable for us. And even though God's plan is God's plan, my will seems more appealing because I have control. I have control over the winds. I have control over everything. But the reality is you can have control, and I'm going to fall. You can have control. But do you really have stability in your life? Because some days I feel like I'm floating, but then I screw it up and I fall in. See, we have to understand that Jonah is making this decision in his life. God's plan is to go this way. His wills go this way. And we have to understand this. The waters we float our life on is either waters of denial and fear or purpose and confidence. You have a decision. The decision is yours. Do you want to live? You want to float your life on the denials and fear? fears, what I should have not done, what, I, what I've done, and the fears of just trying to live a life that is perfect. You're never going to live a life that's perfect. But do you live a life of purpose and confidence? So whatever we put our life in is either going to lead towards purpose or is going to be leading to a waste of your time. A waste of your time. One thing I hate is wasting people's time. I, I, just, I just hate wasting people's time. You know, we have so little short of time, and we need to utilize it the best we can. You see, here's the thing. There are multiple ways that Jonah could have got to Nineveh. Nineveh was 500 miles away from his hometown, okay? So they either had two ways. They either, the, the preferred way is walking or on a boat. It can get them to that destination real quick. The, the, the port city that, that Jonah took this boat to Tarshish was called Joppa, and that city was 60 miles from Jonah's hometown. So let me give you perspective, okay? Jonah is at home. 
50, uh, 500 miles this way is the purpose. 60 miles that way to the port is where he has to make a decision on where he wants to go. And scholars say that that 60-mile journey from when God gave him the, the, the direction to Jonah taking the boat another way was 60 miles, took about three days. I read the Bible all the time, and I'm like, Jonah just made that decision. He got on a boat. But he had three days to really decide what direction he wanted in his life. And I truly believe that's God's grace. God's grace. God doesn't just want you just to mess it all up, but he gives you a choice. See, I can imagine Jonah's mindset in this moment. You're walking to a place where you know you're not supposed to be. You're going to a destination which you are running away from a purpose that God had given you. It takes you three days to get to that point, and still you decide to run away. Has God put something in your heart or has given you a purpose in your life that you've been running away from? And you're on the three-day journey to decide if I'm going to go after God or I'm going to go after my will? The question is, do you still have time? Yeah, you do. But you have to make the choice to go towards what God has for me or what I want in my flesh. Are we obedient enough to jump on the right boat and follow God's voice, even though when the boat, the other destination seems more appealing? It is quiet here today. What if that relationship? See, I was so on fire for God. I was going, but then that that girl got in the way or that man got in the way or that job got in the way. And that destination for my life seemed more appealing than what God had for me. And I find myself not in my word anymore. And I find myself drifting a little bit. I found myself in places that I should never have been. I found myself in, in, in other friendships that, that three months ago I never thought I was going to be in. But when you drift, you start making decisions out of what you want and not what's good for you. See, Jonah had three days, but he still decided to jump on a boat. How can we float on the right boat? Let's go to Jonah chapter one, verse one through three. Give a little context. And let me, I'm gonna tell you about three things Jonah had to learn and we need to learn as we navigate in our life to the purpose God has for us. Jonah chapter one, verse one and three. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah, Go to the great um, city of Nineveh, preach against it because it's wicked and has come before me. Verse 3, but Jonah ran away and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound to the port. After paying a fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish and fleed from the Lord. Here's the first point I have for you today. Intimidation will lead to devaluation. Intimidation will lead to devaluation. See, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. God spoke to Jonah in his own and powerful, unique way. And God told Jonah two things. This is what I need you to do, Jonah. Number one, first, go to Nineveh. And second, to speak against it and rebuke them from their sins so they can repent to God. But you have to understand this. Nineveh was just not a city. Nineveh was different, and Jonah knew it. 
Nineveh, the city of Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian um, empire, one of the largest cities in that day. It was not just, it was not a city in Israel at all. God called Jonah to a pagan Gentile city and called him to say, repent. See, in, in the Bible story that we watch, we listen to, we're like, oh, Jonah, just go to that town. But this is not a town. This is Nineveh. This is a huge, matter of fact, it says that Nineveh, the great city, had over 120,000 people living it in that day, which in the 8th century, it was massive. It was massive. How about this? Jonah is, is processing all this in his mind, okay? In, in the Syrian, they were known to be brutally murdering their way through the Middle East. They burn their enemies alive, decorate their walls and pyramids with their bodies, among every other cruel thing that they did. So Jonah, God said, Jonah, I basically want you to go to a city that is evil, hateful, and idolatrous and tell them to stop. What would you do? We look at Jonah, we're like, oh, bad Jonah. That's me saying, hey, why don't you go to Las Vegas and get in the middle of the casinos and tell everybody to repent. Or go to the most, the most evilest country there is that, that they hate Christians. And I want you to go in the middle of the town and tell you, Jonah, by yourself, I want you to go into this massive town and say, hey, you're doing bad. This impossible task intimidated Jonah. Do you blame him? See, it's easily, it's easy to feel intimidated in the culture we live in today. See, we get confidence about something. We finally get confidence about ourselves or what God has for us. And then we turn on the TV. And then we read magazines, and then we see social media, and then we have that conversation with a friend, and we realize that the big thing, the thing that I had confidence at one time, now somebody does it better than me, and I lose confidence. See, I fall short to this every day. When it comes to the church, if I'm honest with you, it's, this is hard. To start a brand new church out of nothing when you're around like hundreds of churches that are doing it probably better than you. And I find myself, God, questioning the calling on my life because of the intimidations around me. And in reality, what I do is what, you know, I can, we can have a great Sunday. The power of God is moving. And I put, pick up my phone into social media and I see a church that I feel like is doing better than us. And I lose every ounce of what happened in God's presence. Why? Because we find our confidence in outward things and not inward confidence in God. See, Jonah was intimidated. He knew what, what Nineveh represented. He knew what he had to do. And he saw the great plan for, uh, that God had on his life. And he said, I'm not going to have it. It's not going to be through, through me because I am scared. See, you know what happens when we feel intimidated? We, we listen to the lie of comparison and intimidation in our life. And you know what happens? 
we start devaluing the calling and putting ourselves down. No wonder we have a self-confidence and depression issue in our world. Because we're not measuring up to the right things. We're measuring up to the things that we're never going to reach because most of them are fake. See, we, we, and what happens is we devalue our life and see others' lives more valuable, and we say, hey, I can never reach that. I can never be that. I can never live up to that. So I need to stay here when God has said, I got a calling on your life. I got something bigger for you. Yeah, it might be scary, but when you value yourself a little better and stop looking at the things that devaluing your purpose, your purpose looks a little different when you have confidence in me and not outward things. Stop looking at what Nineveh is and look what God can do through you in Nineveh. Is looking at yourself a little different. But Jonah devalued his calling and said, I can't and I won't. I can't and I won't. I know I've been there before, but have you? Oh, I don't have... God, I, I can't I can't give that way because I, 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 I just we're just not there. God, God, I can't I can't give my time because, you, you know, I have some things that I have to rearrange in my life. Oh, God, I, I can't come on Sundays because, you know, that football game or, you know, I got to go, you know, I got to have family time. And yeah, it, it, those, those, things, those things are great. But what happens when life hits and the enemy speaks to you and you start listening to a lie? Devaluation. When God's called us a son and daughter of Christ, but all we feel like just secondhand um, citizens to a kingdom that's out there. No. Bring your value back. I'm here to tell you today that if God said it, and he chose you, then you're the right person for the job, and you can do it. Yeah, you're not going to know all the answers. Yeah, yeah you, you're, you're probably going to feel less of at times. But when your confidence is attached to the promise, which the promise is attached to the source, and the source is God, you can never fail. Because I know my God, it ain't no weak God. I know, I know that the God I serve is not just waiting for somebody to give him a handout. No, he owns it all. He, he made me, he created me before I was even born. He brings breath in my lungs each and every day. He brings the seas out and in. He, he puts the clouds in the skies. So if God can make a universe that is so bigger than past our understanding, what can he do in your life right now? If you value yourself as a child of God, stop devaluing your voice. Stop devaluing your purpose. Stop devaluing your talent. Stop devaluing your calling for, uh, for this thing of fear and a lie, fear and lies, because it all is a liar. In 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 3, verse 12 says, since we have such great hope, we talked about hope before, right? We have this hope in God because we know we're confident. So when you have that hope, we are very bold. But our boldness is attached to our hope. 
What do you put your hope in is where you're going to feel confident in. If you put your hope in uh, followers, if you put your hope in friendships, if you put your hope in a lot of these outward things, they're going to fail you and you're going to feel devalued. But when you put your hope in a solid rock, when you put your hope in the rock of ages, when you put your hope in the one that will never leave you nor forsake you, the God of the universe, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, if you put your hope in the right places, your value goes up. Because you're not attached to what you can do, but what he can do through me. People see, it's the boldness that God has. I would not devalue my voice to hear my feelings. See, Jonah was scared. And to be honest, he had every right to be. But when you start listening to your feelings and not the truth of God's word, that's tough. I know about you. I'm scared of everything all the time. <laughs> I'm scared of failing. Anybody, anybody scared of failing? Like just, just taking that step, but then just like, eh, I don't want to fail. It's, it's, it's such, when we rely on our feelings, we're not bold in our life. We have to go what God said. Intimidation is a liar and confidence in him is my strength is my strength. Number two, a payment is needed. The question I have for you today is, what are you willing to pay to run away from God? What are you willing to pay to run away from God? Nineveh was east of Israel. Tarshish was about as far west as they can go. They said it was in the coast of Spain. <laughs> Israel in the east, Tarshish as far west as possible. In heading to Tarshish, Jonah intended to get away, far away from Nineveh and the calling of God as possible. People looked at Tarshish, they used to call it the ends of the earth. Because it was the farthest west that they ever explored so far. So it was the farthest away. <laughs> From the purpose that he had. He got on a boat and got as far this as way. Another thing about Tarshish that you have to understand is, is Tarshish is a seaport resort. It was a seaport resort in the middle of Spain. So this was like a sandals retreat. This was like the Disney World Resort. Jonah left the discomforts of Nineveh. And headed to a five-star resort to Tarshish. I would too. I need my tan on. This is so funny. As I'm reading and I'm that, you know, I, I've, I've heard these stories before. But when you really get into this thing, it's like, what the heck? This man had the guts to run away from God and then say, hey, I'm going on vacation while I'm doing it. If I'm going to do this. I'm going big, but have you been there before? If I'm going to sin, I'm going to sin. I ain't going halfway. If I'm going to drink tonight, I'm getting hammered, blasted. He said, if I am going to run away, I'm going to go to a place where it gets me even more comfortable in my sin. 
Are you willing to make a payment of your comfort for the reward of your purpose? Jesus. When we decide to make choices and jump on the wrong boats, there's always a payment that comes along with it. One of the saddest verses in the Bible, one of the saddest verses in the Bible that I think, I mean, there's a lot, but, but Jonah not only ran away from God, he paid his way to run away from God. He, 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 put, he put an offering to it. He paid his way. How desperate are you to not only run, but to say, take my money, I'm running even farther. See, a payment is always, a, a, you're willing to give a payment to not follow God. What is the payments that we're willing? Sometimes that payment is an addiction. Sometimes that payment is, is, is a lifestyle of lying. Sometimes the payment is, is a lifestyle of manipulation, manipulating people to get your own will. Sometimes it's hiding some things that if anybody's seen this, they would never really get, take me serious or, or I, will, I will lose some things in my life. How about a, 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 a payment that you're willing to do to run away from God? A, a lifestyle of backstabbing people for you to get on top of the ladder. How about uh, living a fake life? All these payments are payments in getting to on the wrong boat. You can, you have a choice of what destination you're going to go, but it requires a payment if you want it or not. The question is, are you willing to pay it? We need to count the costs sometimes to the choices before we jump into them. We, we have to count the costs. See, the wrong boat might, you know, mess up your marriage. J jumping on the wrong, see, jumping on the wrong, you know that one business trip you go to, no one's looking around, you know, whatever. You know, there's a, there's a, a sexy little boat. No one's going to know. You jump on the boat. Whatever comes, whatever's in the darkness will eventually come to light. What payment are you willing to do? Is it your marriage? Is it your career? Is it your mind? Is it your heart? Is it your pressure? Is it, is, your, is, it, is it your pain? Are you willing to pay a cost for the choices you make? Nonetheless, when he ran away from the Lord, you never get where you're going without paying something by your own fare. When you go the Lord's way, you only go where you're going, but here's the, here's the good news. You're going where you're going, but he pays the fare. He paid the payment. When you choose God's direction in your life, he sets you on paths of righteousness. The payment is already paid. It was the payment on the cross. And he said, leave your sins, cast your cares on me. And when you choose me, when you choose the right boat and the destination, I'm not, you don't have to pay a fare because I paid it on a cross already. I paid for your sins. I paid for that. For the, I paid for your redemption. But when you pick the right boat, you head to the right destination. And you become the person that God's called you to be. What choices are we paying for 
for the destinations that are leading in our life. The choice is yours. Number three, the last one, is called the impulse trap. The impulse trap. One of the worst things you can, one of the worst things you can do is make life-changing decisions on an impulse. The worst thing, see, a couple of years ago, I have a nephew. He's now in California, and I'm mad at him, but he's there. He comes to me. Hey, man, I got this guy. He does alarm systems, and he does water purification systems as well. At this moment, my son was having a little rashes on his face, you know, and I, we were, it was hard. The water was hard and everything. So I'm like, hey, let me just check it out, you know. The guy comes and he sells me. I mean, he, this guy's a good salesman. He used God, he used Buddha, he used all of them, all right? And he sold me this purification system. It was great for a moment because it cleared my son's skin up. But then three years later, which was this year, I was like, hey, let me just... Let me just check how much I owe on this. So I'm paying monthly on it. Three years, guys. Three years. Nobody talked to me about the interest. You know about the interest, Eric. He didn't say about the interest. Three years. I thought I'm paying on this thing. I go to it. They say, well, sir, <laughs> you've only paid about $150 on the unit. You owe $6,546 on the unit now. I said, where, where's, what was the money I've been paying for three years? Where did that go? Well, sir, you have a 28.4 interest rate on this unit. Uh, impulse decision led me to a very fat check that I had to pay. Later on. But that's how the devil works sometimes. I'm not saying the guy was a devil. I'm just saying. <laughs> but he uses things that might seem appealing in the moment. But you got to take, you got to make a payment later on. It, 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 it's an impulse. We see something good. The worst thing is TikTok. I'm a, I'm a realtor, a real estate agent on TikTok. I know every investment on TikTok. I know how to cook on TikTok. I'm the best golfer on TikTok. These impulse. Our culture is all on impulse. They don't want the long term. They want the short. They want, they want the gratification now. It's a trap of the enemy all the time. When we live an impulse life, we, we, we live with impulse decisions. It said that he found a ship going to Tarshish. We don't, we, there's no doubt that he wanted to go there. There was an impulse within him that was driving him there because it was a dangerous impulse. We have to take Jonah's example as the danger of solely living on impulse and feelings. See, we have, to, we have to learn from these impulses so we don't have routines later on. Because what happens is an impulse of a moment becomes your lifestyle. 
Oh, it's just one drink. Just one hangout. Impulse of a moment can become routines of a lifetime. Then you find yourself 20, 30 years later. It's like, how did I get here? An impulse of a moment got you there. Instead of waiting to be whole in your lifetime. See, an impulse may be brave, but yet wrong. See, it could have, you could have said, Jonah is super brave going on this, embarking on this long journey. But it's wrong. You can say, oh, this impulse that he's done, it may be self-denying, but it's still wrong. See, Jonah, cost, it cost him something. He, he used money for comfort on this long journey. It, it, it's still wrong. An impulse may claim to freedom, but yet still wrong. See, Jonah was getting free to Tarshish. See, I, you hear people saying this, I'm doing this for my future. But did you really pray and seek counsel, or do you find yourself being successful only on Instagram, but being in debt in real life? It's a false freedom. I have to be free so other people can really approve me, but deep down inside, I am sinking. It's a false sense of freedom. Jonah think he was getting free to go to Tarshish, but in reality, the impulse was wrong because he was never really free. He was still enslaved to the decision he made. An impulse can lead someone to do something that they will condemn in others. You know those people? <laughs> those people where they like talking about everybody else. Oh, yeah, she's... <laughs> Did you see what she was wearing? <laughs> Oh, they got Disney tickets? They must be rich. Oh, they got a new car? <laughs> I heard about her husband. An impulse of a conversation. But then, when it's turned on them, it's a different story. See, you will become what you hate when you make decisions out of the will of God. There's so many people that are making decisions now and they're living their life. It's just because they have to just, they have to just continue the lie. <laughs> they have to just, there was one lie and nobody knew that lie. Then they just had a beat and it just snowballed. And now when they were humble and they were once humble and nice, now they're mean. And what they used to hate in other people, they become because of an impulse of a moment. Decisions outside of spiritual deliberation leads to physical and earthly living. If you don't take this thing spiritually, you're only going to go by what you see and what you feel. Because it's not, because everything, the Bible says anything out of, not, out, not in the spirit is out of the what? The flesh. And it said the, that lead, leading in your flesh will lead to what? Death. And he's not talking about like, you're dead. He's talking about inward death. He's talking about, he's talking about your soul dying to the things that you are just dabbling in. 
I'm not here to tell you not to make decisions. I'm here to say, are you making the right decisions? You can live a false freedom or you can run to the truth in your life. As I close, the question is, what boat are you choosing? What boat are we? Are we choosing to lead in the calling that God has for us? Or we choose to float in the comforts that are going to just satisfy us for a moment. Jonah, I know Nineveh is scary. But is it scary enough to run away from the calling God has for you? I, I know that it might seem impossible now. But is it worth denying what God is telling you to do? We all have this question to answer. We're always battling this. What boat you rest your life in, and the de- it will take you to a destination. It will take you somewhere. But is it the right place for you to be? We have the choice. God gives us this thing called free will. God could easily be like, hey, Jonah, dummy. Where are you going? But God gave Jonah the choice. And he gives you the choice today. Three days it took him to go to Joppa. God could have been like, day two, okay, Jonah, we ain't playing anymore. (laughs) Like, go. But he still let him. Why? Because God doesn't want you to be a robot. He wants you to be in relationship with him. Jess can wake up every day and she don't have to be in relationship with me, but she chooses. Yeah, we're married, but one day she can be like, peace. Don't do that ever. I'll be depressed. You see what I'm talking about? If we serve a God that says, you have to serve me. But he doesn't. He said, I will love for you because when you do, I have something so much greater for you. On the other side of your obedience, there's joy. A different kind of joy. Joy that passed your understanding. On the other side of your obedience, there's peace. Yeah, you might be in the storm, but you know that you're not going to be left out there. On the other side of your obedience, there, there, is, there is a self-control out, outside of what the culture is telling us. Outside, on the other side of your obedience is you becoming whole, not living a lie anymore. Is you becoming who I called you to be, Jonah. Get on the boat. Get on the boat. Here's the thing, spoiler alert. I'm going to do a whole series on Jonah one day. It's going to be, it's like a couple chapters. There's so much in there that we miss. But here's the thing. Spoiler alert. Jonah goes to Nineveh. He, he, he finds his, wealth, his, his way to Nineveh. But it wasn't how Jonah thought. And it wasn't even how Jonah even wanted you see, there was a big fish. You want some sushi? Big fish. There was a big fish, 
and a very hungry fish in the water. And the, sh- the people on the ship realized that Jonah was running away from God and they threw him overboard. Great friends. See, at the point of Jonah sinking in the water, probably deserving death because of the decisions he made, a fish swallowed him up. This was a very unfortunate decision, uh, a scenario. You thought you had a bad day. (laughs) Now he finds himself in the belly of a fish, a whale. I would say that this is God's intervention in Jonah's life. See, here's the picture. Jonah, go. Jonah, ran. Jonah, throw overboard. Jonah should have been dead in the sea. Now a fish is swallowing him up. This guy was having a bad day, a worse after worse. But can I say it wasn't worse after worse? Can I say it was grace after grace? Because you have to know that on a daily basis, we have choices that we have to make. We choose our sin. We choose our purpose, whatever choice we make. But when we decide to go after God, when the, the resolve has come in our mind, and we might be at the point of our death, but when we choose Jesus, his grace swallows us up, and he sets us in the past of where we need to go all along. The fish was not a curse. The fish was God's grace saving him for Jonah to get back to where he needs to go. In the fish, in the midst of vomit and nasty stuff, in the vomit, Jonah found his purpose. He needed to face the vomit of his decision to receive the grace to get back on the purpose that needs to be fulfilled. See, sometimes we need to just be faced with what the decisions we make. Yeah, there's grace. But sometimes we won't change until we face it. I'm in the belly of a fish. <laughs> Number one, this doesn't happen. God's grace saved me. Now I have to face what I've made. But by God's grace, in the belly of a fish, in the midst of nasty vomit. He found his purpose. He said yes to God again. No longer do I live, but God lives in me. Here's the prayer that Jonah prayed in Jonah chapter 2, verse 8 and 10. It says this, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God, love, um, love for them. But I will shout of great praises, will sacrifice to you what I vow, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish to vomit Jonah on dry land. Jonah got into his prayer room and said, God, yeah, I know my sin. He was faced with it. He was faced with his own imperfections and said, yeah, God, I, I, I have done it. I have made this decision. But now that I'm here, I want to make it right. I need to make it right. I need to look past me 
and do what God's called me to do. Jonah said, I will make it right. I got to make it right. I can't let fear and intimidation hold me back anymore. I don't need to pay the prices. It's not worth it. I no longer need to make decisions out of prayer. I need to get prayer and counsel in my life. I will make it right. Do you have to make it right today? Have you been running? Have you been fearful, intimidating, and devaluating your progress in life? Have you made impulse decisions that you live with every day? God is saying again, find me. Hear my voice again, and I will put you on paths to the promise I have for you. There is going to be a belly of the fish season, though. But when you find yourself faced with the decisions you made, it's not your time to run away anymore. It's your time to get connected and say, God, I am ready, I am able, and I'm willing to follow the calling you have on my life. So Jonah goes to Nineveh. Nineveh didn't change when he went there. Nineveh didn't get the word that the fish ate Jonah. Nineveh never changed, but Jonah did. The circumstances in life are not going to change at times. But when you find Jesus, the circumstances might not change, but your involvement in the circumstances, your, your thought process in the circumstances has to change. See, Jonah changed. The city didn't. But when Jonah had a different confidence about himself, he walked into Nineveh and it said that a revival hit in the middle of Nineveh that people that were once lost were now found. Why? Because one man got the confidence to say, hey, it's not about me. It's about God. I found God again. I did some crazy things. I messed up multiple times. But when I was faced with it, God changed my life from the inside out and put me on path. I didn't deserve this path. I didn't deserve to go back to Nineveh. I should have died in the waters. But his grace picked me up and put me back on the path that I needed to be. And now the same God that saved me can save you in a revival hit in Nineveh. You want to change your family? Find God again. You want to change your city? You want to change your perspective? It's all rooted in the boat that you pick. A boat to purpose or a boat that's wasting your time. He's here today. And he wants you to say, hey, get back to the place where I have you. Get back to the place. You, you've lived this lie all along. It's time to get back. Jonah, get back. Because when you do, great things are going to happen in your life. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.